Latino Stories, Historias Latinas, es un podcast que nace del proyecto de narrativas orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio, con entrevistas en español, inglés, and Spanglish. Hello, I, my name is Sebastian Oliva. I am an English major at Texas A&M University, San Antonio. And I'm here today with Priscilla, who is a Mexican student and is about to complete a bachelor's in biology with a minor in Spanish. So it is a pleasure to have you here today with us. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about your story. And we'll, let's start with that. Um, introduce yourself. <laughs> yes. Hi, so my name is um, Priscilla Valdez, like you mentioned. I am a biology main major with a minor in Spanish. I was born in Mexico, Moncloa, Coahuila, Mexico. And when I was six years old, I moved to the United States. I've been here ever since. You said um, you said you moved here around when you were six years old, right? Yes, I was six years old so when I moved in. How was that transition? Like, do you remember any sort of crucial or critical moments to where it sort of hit you? Or was it like that at all for you, being that young? So when I when I moved to the United States, I had no um, knowledge from right from wrong. So I didn't know was what was happening, why I was coming to the United States. I just knew that we're going to go to the United States for the American dream. I would always listen listen my, to my mom like say, telling me that. And it's like, okay, the American dream, the American dream. But we never, I never really knew, like, what was the American dream and why United States was better than Mexico. I was just going with the flow, and I am here um, undocumented. I am a dreamer. Obviously, it wasn't something that I chose. And it has been difficult when, when I first migrated to the United States. I knew nothing in English. So going to school... Adapting to the new country was hard, mainly because I was a kid. I do remember that I struggled a lot when I was um, studying um, in elementary school. I would always get called on by teachers, and I never, I never understood why. Until now, that I think about it, I'm like, why, why would I always get called on? Because I, I remember that I was a, you know, a good child. <laughs> And yeah, like I would always get in trouble for no reason. And I remember like the teachers would even talk to me in English, telling me, tell me off or whatever I did wrong. And even that, like I wouldn't understand that. So I do remember that I would fall asleep in class a lot. Now I know like why I would fall asleep a lot. And it was because it, I had a lot on my plate when I was when I was little. You know, I just thought that that was, you know, normal because, you know, I was over here in the United States. Uh, my mom didn't know English, neither did I. But since I was like going to school, she just expected for me to learn English. So I did a lot at home. I, I would translate for her. I would make phone calls. Just as I was growing older, I would there was like more stuff on my plate and more stuff. Eventually, like from elementary to high school, like whenever I had the chance, like a free period or, you know, a substitute, I would, I would just fall asleep. Mm. 
And it was just, I guess I was just too tired. You know, my brain was was functioning at home and in school, and it was just a lot. Since I was eight years old, I, I would go work with my mom. She's a housekeeper. And I've been working for her with her ever since, just helping around um, to get financial needs and just food in the, in the table. And it was tough. But oh, when I was when I was a kid, I didn't know it was not common. Yeah, not common to be in the sort of place you are or that you were. Yes, yes, and I I just thought it was normal. I thought that my responsibility was to help my mom in anything that she could, and because I was going to school, she just expected me to know, even though she. She has a degree in in psychology in Mexico. Um, it's not valid here, which is sad. But she is educated. But as as a young age, a lot was expected from me, um, and it helped me to where I am now. But now that I think about it, the process was tough, and I wouldn't want any any kid to go through that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But as you said, uh, it did lead to you being very. I would say self-sufficient, very um, mm-hmm. solid, strong type thing, like uh, immovable almost. Yes, like um, well, now that I face any like circumstances or that I need to do something on my to-do list, I just do it like boom, like yeah. fast because I'm like used to the fast pace, the the momentum of like you have to do this, okay, what's next? And then after that, what's next after that? Just constantly like thinking, who else needs help? Because I I was just raised like that, and my friends usually tell me like, you need to calm down, you need to stop, you can't do everything for your family. But it's just, I don't know the, I don't know how to explain it. The, the initiative, the just the wanting to help. It's been developed. It's been de- yeah, it's been developed, and when I don't do it, I, I feel the guilt. I don't know. I just think about if I don't help out, like I'm the wrong daughter. Like I'm, I'm not being the, the daughter that I need to be. It's just a lot of guilt and a lot of like conscious that doesn't let me just be, you know, there. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that guilt did not um, influence you to, to um, to help everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I appreciate you helping me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking on that, were there any conflictions, um, if we're going to go back to the school days, mm-hmm. did the teachers recognize that you only really knew Spanish and no. they didn't recognize that at no, all? No, they didn't recognize that at all. And so well, they, I guess they, they would talk to you like, like you knew English already kind of thing? Yes, yes. And... I know they have a program of ESL students um, in schools, but I don't remember, like, being treated as, you know, special or, like, oh, here you'll get more extra time on this assignment because you don't know English. I guess I was just thrown into, like, the educational field, like, hey, go to school and you better know English. And, you know, the teachers didn't cooperate well. They would and like I said, they would, always, they would always file reports on me, and 
I was constantly in the principal's office because of that. And I still like didn't even know like why, why that would happen. And, you know, I, I would speak Spanish. I don't recall like getting called out like to not speak Spanish in, in the classroom. But I do recall having trouble learning English. And it was and it was always like thrown at me like, why don't you know it? You need to know it. Like you're in America, you have to learn English. And it was just wrong for me to not know English. And and I remember when I was little, I would I would try so hard to to learn it. And <laughs> I would do this thing um in, in my house because I wasn't allowed to speak English in my house. And when I was like getting like the hang of it, I remember like my mom would be sitting in the living room watching um TV with my sister or any other family relatives. And I remember going to the living room and I would just say, not to offend anyone, but I would just like pretend that I was talking in English. So I'll just go, hey, watch you, watch you, watch you, watch you. <laughs> just like random stuff, random noises. And that was like me. <laughs> now that like I think about it, I was like, what was I doing? But it was like, just me trying to like express myself in English. And then as soon as I would finish making those weird noises, I would just walk off and leave. And then I would hear my mom was like, say like, what was that? And then it was, everyone ju would just laugh. As a child, I would just think that they would understand what I was saying. Yeah. And I'll just walk off and just leave. But like, I would do that like a lot in a lot of scenarios and a lot of like, um, you know, a lot of times, and I guess, I don't know if that helped me, like, eventually learn English. <laughs> now that I remember, like, it was, it, it's funny, but, like, practices like that helped me. And aside from learning, um, watching, like, videos or movies or listening to English music, I don't know, it just, it just happened out of nowhere. I just started talking English. I don't, I I can't recall when and how I, I learned. Yeah. That sounds like that's from a song or something. Sounds like a little tune. <laughs> um, that is interesting, though, that you would just sort of talk, just to talk and mm -hmm. try to develop something. Yeah, it was just like random noises, like like what I, what I did right yeah. now. Yeah. How early do you think that was for you? It was probably like... I was probably like seven, eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I never really thought about something like that. Because how would you practice um, just hearing things, but not knowing what you're saying or mm -hmm. knowing what you're hearing, but knowing that they are speaking another language and you're just sort of mimicking somehow, some way. Yeah. In your so own way. <laughs> I guess like when, whenever like we hear a different language, we don't understand, but we just hear just noises mm -hmm. and I guess it's like a younger me was was just saying oh well that's the language let me just make those noises that yeah. I hear so <laughs> that's completely natural so yeah I would just <laughs> I would just say just say Brent only <laughs> only reason why I say that is because um I recently learned that um from a, a linguist uh I should say that studies linguist, um, mm -hmm. Noam Chomsky, you may have heard of him, but he would say something along the lines of, 
Uh, everyone has their own language. So anything that's considered correct, whether it's good English or good Spanish or what have you, it's it's all just artificial. It's all just fabricated by, let's say, the officials or whomever that presides over us or who, you know, not rules us, but you know what I mean, something like that, governs us, let's say. Uh, they're the ones that sort of artificially create this idea that whatever is being taught in schools or whatever is the standard is the correct way. Whereas mm -hmm. in comparison, um, any way that we communicate is our language and it's all, it comes down to the individual. So everyone has their own language. So you doing the watcha watcha, <laughs> so to speak, um, yeah. that was you sort of developing your own language. I mean, eventually you were able to like, uh, make it into something that we all can decode, but, initially you know we only could decode so much but hey they yeah. still listened to you they still like you know yeah. received your messages and yeah. all that so it was Even just though they didn't understand but it was something though and it, mm -hmm. it's just the way that we communicate as people it's really weird but i mean how i don't know that's just how we do it this is crazy though yeah I but guess that helped me learn but of yeah, course yeah. you reflecting on that that validated that sort of um feeling Mm -hmm. of like you kind of had to do that to be where you're at so to speak it's weird but it's true you know um even though it's hard to believe but that's yeah, just crazy yeah. that's what's crazy about language and that's what also makes it so um i don't want to say depressing but um unfortunate how we're not really allowed to do that um especially with people that you know aren't um how do i say um just you know, fluent English speakers out the out the gate or out the window, however you want to phrase that. Especially at a young age, um, and especially back then, it was just not as common to, I guess, for them to to care. It's mm -hmm. hard to say, but I'll just say that I can relate to that as well. Unfortunately, no. Yeah, they always have like that correct language that we that we have to talk. And sort of like the slang language or the Spanglish is sometimes like targeted, like, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be doing that. And even now, like, I'm struggling to just talk English because I'm so used to talking like Spanglish, like both of them at the same time. So if some words come out in Spanish, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I understand. You can go, you can, if you want, just go back to your, never mind. <laughs> Do whatever you got to do. I'll try to pick up the, the message. All right. <laughs> uh, however you can. I, I, I'll try not to go to my own language while doing this because I don't want to scare anyone. Okay. But, um, <laughs> um, but so let's say when you were at home and you were mentioning how just uh, speaking any kind of English, like did that really conflict with your, your mother? That she kind of just like, I know you mentioned sort of that she didn't really encourage speaking English at home, but was it really to the point to where like it wasn't at all like, like let's say, let's say you threw in a little bit of Spanglish in there. Would she ever sort of sort of react like how the teachers would react well, in that if, way? I or? guess if it was like Spanglish, like she would accept it, but... Whenever my sister and I would have our talks, um, this was like in middle school, you know, you're growing and then you start liking like boys and oh, look, I have a message of this. Like my sister and I would like get together and we'll just talk. 
and we'll start talking in English. You know, because we would do it on purpose, so my mother couldn't understand. <laughs> and I remember, like, she would come into the room, like, you better speak Spanish. Like, what are you trying to say that I can't hear? Uh, and I guess, like, it it was like um, like an insult to her because, you know, she was, she, until now, like, she doesn't speak English. So if someone, like, in the room was talking English in the house, like, she would, just, like, fluent English, she would say, stop, you need to speak Spanish because I'm not understanding what's going on. And in a way, it's like, it, it was good because it helped us retain our Spanish. And I feel like if she wouldn't have implemented Spanish to be spoken in our house, my Spanish would have erased. Um, only because school demands it so much. You know, we, we can write like essays in Spanish or newsletters or just anything. It, it has to be English. And I mean, well, unless you're taking like a like a major in Spanish and you have to like do yeah. the grammar and all that. That's stuff. much later, though. Yes, that's, that's much later. Not even like relevant, unfortunately, mm -hmm. with uh, lower level education or you know entry level, however you want to phrase that. Yes, and and yeah, like she would even if it was just one word, and she would be like, "What are you doing? You need to stop." I remember like. Even now, like, sometimes, like, when we want to say something that we don't want my mom to know, like, Mother's Day is coming up. So we're like, hey, what are we going to do for Mother's Day? Like, are we going to get her a gift and this and that? And it's an advantage in a way because we can plan everything and she won't even know. But <laughs> we we still, till the day, try to, like, talk to her in Spanish. Um, she now accepts more of the Spanglish than what she used to and even now like I'm talking like oh mom voy a ir al baño porque necesito do my homework or that was a wrong example but like I, it's I just understand. like a sentence like that and she'll be she'll ask me like what was that what what did you say what what is homework so then I would I would translate for her and talking in Spanish at home has helped her develop her English skills, she she knows more now than what she used to know. She she's not fluently um, an English speaking per person, but she understands it better. I guess her accepting the Spanglish is you know it's it's helping her. It's helping her learn English and and yeah and I and I thank her for you know, allowing us to keep our culture in our home. You know, we we migrated to the United States and, you know, the goal was to succeed and to have a better life and to educate ourselves. And I guess um, she has seen the advantage that the United States has given to us that she's now, like, embracing the culture of, as well of America. I don't know if I'm explaining myself right. But like now she's like accepted more. You know, like when the 4th of July comes, she's like, oh, it's Independence Day. Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and before she'll be, she'll ask us, what are we going to do for the Mexico independence, which is in September? You know, just accepting now. I don't know. I guess like now that we're here more, she's now accepting like the culture. And I I can't say that like my family overall 
practices the American and the Mexican culture. And I'm the only one in my family that is a dreamer, undocumented. Everyone else is a U.S. citizen and they were born here. So they're Americans. Mm -hmm. And it's just me and my mom, you know, that were born in Mexico. So I guess that that's where like the American culture comes in. But if she wouldn't have forced us to speak Spanish when we were little, when we were still going to school, I might have like. Like, you know, the Spanish might have erased. Yeah. Thankfully, he's still here, you know, and even like having a minor in Spanish has helped me develop my Spanish way better than what how it was. That's interesting. So um, even knowing Spanish already, mm-hmm. um, you said um, originally that you didn't have a minor. Was it like a double major in biology or? I had a major in biology and it was just. It was just that. It was a Bachelor in Science and in Biology. And I was studying in biology for, I think it was three years. And classes started getting harder. I started panicking because chemistry started coming in. Statistics and biology and medicine. You know, all those classes that are heavy. I remember when with my, not my professor, my advisor, and I asked her, you know what? I think I'm going to change my major. Because this is too much. She's like, wait, well, you're already too far in to even, like, change it. And if you do, you're going to restart. So she suggested to do a minor in Spanish only because that was one of the most closest minors that best interested me. And I was like, sure, you know, why not? And I remember the first semester that I took, um, it was um, general chemistry too. I think it was animal behavior, and then I took advanced grammar in Spanish, and it was another Spanish class. Like, the balance of literature and, you know, assignments and just communicating with Spanish Spanish professors and science professors, it was so different. Usually in the science field, I feel like, I don't, like, we... We can just stay in the back, don't talk, and you're fine. As long as you study, you um, do what you need to do, and you'll pass. But, like, the Spanish professors... It's far they, more engaging. Yes, they engage more. They they want to know more about you to help you succeed more. And I love that. And it was just a big, like, transition where it made me feel at home. Like, it made me feel... Like, what was I doing? Like, why am I not learning about my own culture? As as I was taking more Spanish classes, like, it was, it got to the point where it would not even stress me out. It was just, I was just enjoying it. You know, usually when you're getting a high, like, when you're in high school and you're filling out applications, like, what major do you want to do? They always tell you, do whatever you want, like a passion, whatever you love. And I remember I chose biology because I really like science. But I never thought that getting a minor in Spanish would have a huge impact in me and my learning in Spanish and just inter- interacting with people, you know, more humanity, more culture. It, it It's just so, like, the transition is so, so different. Now that I think about it, I was, I'm just like, that, that was a missing piece that was missing for me to feel like I was actually going to school. 
the the past classes that I that I took in in Spanish, it was I mean in science, um, you just sit there, you listen. Next, we did have some presentations, some projects that we had to do, teamwork and stuff like that, and laboratory stuff. But it's just it's just so so different. I guess because everyone's in the has a momentum of like, okay, we have to do what we have to do. Go, what's next? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like in my Spanish courses is more just just broad, more. I don't know. I feel like I have more room to express and feel and talk, and I I don't know. Yeah. It, it helps me stay more close to my culture, and I really like that because. I didn't notice how how much of an impact it was getting a minor in Spanish was was going to be for me. I just didn't know. And when I did that, I was like, wow, thank goodness I did this. Because, you know, now that I'm graduating, like, I would have felt like, okay, you went to school and for what? Yes, you, yeah. you're getting a bachelor's, but... You know, I don't know. It was just something in me that was missing that I wasn't... Being able to like express how I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It's just so different, so different. It's probably one of those things where if you were to solely focus on just biology, um, I guess the mentality of that is like you said, kind of just marrying your head in the books, mm-hmm. and um, yes, and it's just like mm-hmm. it's almost like you're not exercising anything else. It's just whatever language is presented in the textbooks. And that's the only thing that your brain is really sort of uh, exercising, I guess you could say. And it's almost like that, which is fine, right? But mm-hmm. you, as you acknowledge, you already had that in you to where, you know, your upbringing, your culture, you already knew Spanish, of course. And so um, you said three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three you were, I don't want to say deprived, but let's say you were just sort of. I don't want to say suppressing either, but let's let's just call it that um, without realizing. And maybe that's what's happening to a lot of other people too without them realizing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it, it's a blessing I, um, now hearing about it. And you're one of your, I guess your counselor, right, recommended that? Yeah, my counselor recommended that. And because she gave me a bunch of options. She was like criminal justice or kinesiology and then she mentioned Spanish and I was like wait I took a Spanish in high school and it was fun why not add something fun to my to my degree plan that I will enjoy that I would love honestly it's been like one of the best decisions I've ever done and I don't regret it and I wish I would have start started like in the very beginning yeah. but it's fine yeah <laughs> I still took the credits that I needed to take <laughs> you're a lot you're very thankful for it Yes. Um, even though there was a period where it wasn't um, the case, but looking back, I'm sure, it, you know, sort of just, I don't know how to say, but validating, let's say, or, but like you said, you're very thankful for it. And that's what matters most because um, not many people are, people are sometimes too afraid or they're not necessarily um, encouraged enough to, to go back to their, to roots, so to speak, or, as you can imagine, even nowadays, it's it's just now sort of changing the landscape here where it's like people are embracing their culture more, so to speak. But right. um, that's only been relevant, let's say, maybe the last 10 years it started to pick up. But even then, it's still not quite there. It's still better, but it's not quite there. So, 
anything that we can do to get back with our roots is ever so healthy. Yes, and it makes you feel yeah, at home. Um, so just to um, conclude our conversation, I know you said that you're a dreamer that you think can be done after you receive your degree. How do you feel about that? Like after you get your degree, like how do you think um, it's going to propel you to the next level, so to speak, or the next level and what you want to do? You know, that question has been going on my head for like the past weeks, more because, you know, graduation is around the corner, it's only 20 days. And I've always been the kind of person where, okay, I'm done doing something, what's next? And I always have like a list and, you know, now I didn't register for fall courses. I didn't register for grad school because it's too expensive. I am looking for scholarships and opportunities to go to grad school if that's the case, if that happens. I, I just see my my fall semester like blank, you know? And I, I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know my path. I know God put, put me here for a reason, and I know there's a an immense purpose to it. I'm just, uh, I'm clueless. I do know that no one can take away my education. And the education I I received is going to be with me wherever I go. And whether if I decide to go to Mexico again, I can use it over there. And if I don't go to Mexico, I can still use the education that I that I received here, even if it's with community service or volunteer work. And even if it's not getting paid, like, I know little things like that will impact the community. And, and I hope that later on, there's something, you know, like a reform that we're able to be here and help the community how we want to help them. And just be able to use our knowledge legally <laughs> and share it with the world and help the community in a good, healthy way. I'm thankful to receive this opportunity. I know most um, immigrants don't have the opportunity to go to school. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm extremely thankful to even, because I, I received a scholarship to go to school and everything was paid for. So even that, like a big shout out to the Dream Dada's scholarship program. They, it just, it was just a big life changing for me. And I just hope that later on there's something that, that could be fixed. But if nothing's fixed that I feel like it's okay, you know, I can always continue my education and get my master's or my doctoral. Just learn from the community and, you know, do a side jobs or, you know, something small, but I'm not worried. I know I know God has a plan. If he put me through this path with no papers or, you know, being here undocumented, I know it's for a purpose and I just hold on. I always hold on to that promise that he gave us. You know, I'm just, I'm just forever thankful for even like for being able to get educated. And even if, um, if nothing goes as, as I plan it, I feel like it's, it's okay. Cause if I was giving a scholarship, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm.